to Talking Bay 94, the Star Wars podcast devoted to interviews with the cast, crew, and creators of a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Brandon Winerdy, and today I'm talking to Noah Segan, who played Stomeroni Stark in The Last Jedi, and who you may know from his roles in Brick, Brothers Bloom, Looper, and as Trooper Wagner in Knives Out. You'll be able to tell very quickly how much I enjoyed this conversation, from discussing the first meeting with Ryan Johnson to some more exclusive news about the Stomeroni Stark and Trooper Wagner spinoff shows. This is Talking Bay 94, Episode 74, Noah Segan. I would love to just start at the very beginning of your acting. I know Brick was one of your first major film roles. Did you have an inspiration to go into film or why did you even want to become an actor in the first place? Well, I was um, I was a kid actor, uh, mm. not in a sort of um, not in the way that like Joe Gordon-Levitt was. I, I wasn't successful. I, I I had some bit parts here and there and, and I sort of did it as a almost like you would do like an after school kind of extracurricular. Um, and, uh, I happened to, I lived in New York. I grew up in New York city and had very artsy fartsy family. And I think, you know, it was pretty obvious I wasn't going to do team sports and, <laughs> and, and I, I, I liked, I liked sets and I liked movies and I liked TV and, 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 and that process so much as a little kid that I think it sort of made sense. Well, if you want to go and, you know, at the time it was the only opportunities were, you know, plays and you know, some commercials and bit parts and shows. And it really just was the kind of thing that, that fostered a, a love of sets and, and making uh, movies and TV. And, and then I kind of grew out of it as a teenager um, and pursued my other uh, uh, great love and hobby and sort of family business, which is photography. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be a cinematographer. And, and, and at the time that I was cast in Brick, I was actually an assistant to a, a cinematographer spent a few years doing that almost full time really as just the kind of thing that I was doing as like an apprenticeship instead of, you know, going to college or finishing high school as the case may be. And then I met a guy, I was in LA, I was renting a room from this cameraman that I was working for. And I met a guy on a set who said, Hey, you know, you'd probably be, you know, probably be a good actor, man. Probably, you seem like you might have a knack for it. And, <laughs> And and you'd enjoy it. And I sort of thought, like, at that point, you know, it's it's very easy when you go on the other side of the camera to realize how silly acting can be mm-hmm. and how silly actors are. You know what I mean? And you're and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, man, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly working for a living. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> you know, I kind of I sort of I sort of stuck my nose up a little bit at the at the concept. Yeah. Um, but, you know, being, I don't know, 19, 20 years old. I, I sort of did what was in front of me, which was meet with a, a young guy who was an aspiring um, talent agent or manager. Mm-hmm. And this young guy who was probably not more than a few years older than me, I think kind of was like, didn't know what to, didn't know what to do with, with me. Didn't know, you know, cause I was, I, I, I sort of came in with a chip on my shoulder and, uh, and he said, well, listen, man, I mean, you seem smart and you seem like, you know, you're, you're kind of precocious, which, you know, everybody knows when you say that, it just means that you're kind of like a snobby little <laughs> asshole. And, um, and he said, you know, there's this script that's been going around town for a while that everybody says is like real smart and, 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 you know, and, and, and heady and, and, you know, is, is, uh, has a lot of depth. And why don't you, why don't you read it and, and go meet with the guy trying to make it because he'll meet with anybody. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so I got introduced to Ryan and wow. that was like almost a year before Brick even got made. Mm-hmm. And so we spent a long time, uh, just becoming friends yeah. before we even, and, 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 and during that time, you know, I sort of, you know, gave myself over to to the idea of, of, of acting and um and and it sort of started my acting career because i i spent all week doing a noah segan film festival rewatch of pretty much everything uh and brick just still is such an incredible piece of work and your acting in it is so it's just such an incredible like just especially since that's your first major film role and then it really just stands on its own as this kind of high school noir maltese falcon what was your experience kind of on set with ryan kind of working together for the first time but also in a larger sense working on your first major film together well we we had the luxury of all having a lot of time to rehearse and, um, and I think it was really just that, you know, we were all kids who didn't have like a ton 
going on in our lives. Like we were really able to, you know, it really was a lesson. And in the case of, of Brick, it was a huge amount of rehearsal. I mean, I remember vividly being in Ryan's little apartment and pushing his couch against the wall and figuring out the, the blocking for the scene behind the dumpsters mm-hmm. where, uh, where, where Joe like does the Bogart slap <laughs> to me does, you know, yeah. they, you know, and, 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 and we were all super, super lucky too. Cause you know, we all pretty familiar with the material that we were drawing from. And so, you know, obviously Joe being Sam Spade and, right. you know, the, the, the Sydney Green Street character being Lucas and, right. and, and Nora being literally named Laura as a, <laughs> as a, as a, you know, and, right. and, and, and I, you know, I, I got this wonderful opportunity to sort of do my best Peter Laurie, mm-hmm. you know, so we sort of all kind of, kind of knew where, you know, we were, we were cribbing from a little bit, right. but we just rehearsed the hell out of it and became really, really tight in the process. Um, and I, and I think, you know, that it was really the only way we could have shot that movie and whatever it was, 20 days with two days pickups or wow. something. Like, <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. That's wild. I remember when Ryan was finally announced for Last Jedi and you're like, oh yeah, Brick and Brothers Bloom, incredible. But you still go back and you watch especially Brick and it's so tight and just so precise. And it really, I guess, speaks to what you're saying, this intense preparation. And I'd love to kind of talk how that then leads. Your, your part in Brothers Bloom as the Duke, just a great little scene stealer role roms in the same scene but then with looper especially you establish yourself as just an enormous presence and i i watched that two two nights ago as well and it's just your character is a lot of fun to watch and i'd love to talk a little bit about that process and developing that character and any steps you have to go through for it well but by uh thank you i mean first of all wow i don't know how to (laughs) <laughs> how to follow, you know, you, you, you like, I, I don't, I don't hear that kind of effusive stuff very often. Um, so, um, That's what I'm here thank for. you. That's and <laughs> thank you. And yes. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> um, uh, you know, but by the time Looper came around, Ryan and I, and, and the whole crew, Rom and, and mm-hmm. Nathan is his cousin and composer and Steve is cameraman. And, and, you know, we, we really at that point had become quite a unit of, of close friends to the, to the extent that many of us live within like a few miles of each other. <laughs> I mean, we're like, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's a, it's a tight knit uh, uh, group. And, um, and so I think by that point, you know, Ryan was pretty comfortable sharing material with me super early and so I remember him, you know, he'd been talking about Looper for a long time. He had had like a lot of little, you know, he'd had like a little short story that he had written that was sort of the seed, the idea of kind of going back and being forced to confront and hunt your younger self. Um, and the sort of idea of kind of like, what's the, what's the next step to the sins of the father? It's like the sins of the self. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the sort of like really big philosophical idea he'd been playing with for a while, um, literally since like the brick days. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, again, you can't, you know, there's no, it's all preparation, man. It's all right. Yeah. It's all like, you know, putting in the, 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 the time and the effort. And, um, and so I sort of knew what he was working on and he, he gave me the script. And, and at that point, my, handle on like social media and, and, and my, my sort of nickname had been kid blue. Right. And I read this script and there's this character who, you know, who kind of wants to be a cowboy and he's sort of uh-huh. kind of a fuck up and, and he's named kid blue. And I was like, is this, <laughs> is this, is this me? Is this? And he was like, if, if you want it to be you, it's you, you know, he was yeah. very, as his way, very gracious and, and, and generous. And so, you know, I, you know, again, much like Brick and to a much lesser degree, Brothers Bloom sort of have a, uh, a kind of bird's eye long view of the process of putting it together. Um, and in terms of, 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 of Looper having, you know, had more experience and having a few more resources, um, you know, I was able to kind of throw myself into a lot of the technical stuff, whether it's like the silly accent that, that I put on or, right. you know, the gun, the gunplay trickery that he does right. and, and, and physicality and all that, you know, I mean, it's, it, you know, kind of like, you know, it's also like kitchen sink, like acting stuff, like, you know, the worst thing that a filmmaker can ask an actor to do is like a funny voice and a limp because it's <laughs> uh-huh. just like, you're like, you're like, oh, this is going to go sideways right. any minute, you know? Uh, <laughs> right. But, 
but he had he had a little faith in me and i am very grateful for that i would love to talk a little bit more about because especially your two scenes and you touched on it briefly the the gun scene and of course you can tell that you know what you're doing and then (laughs) you, you still drop it um and then the the head bang is still just such a great moment and still plays so well uh what training did you have to do especially to handle a gun and to kind of go through that whole process well, it was. It was uh, it, I mean, that's 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 a, a, a couple of, uh, of of funny stories. So, you know, he he wrote this 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 gun into the movie. This idea that there was this sort of like comical, you know, uh, pistol that that almost of mythic proportions. And mm-hmm. then they actually went out and they and they found a company that makes a kind of traditional uh, double action revolver, but it uses these bullets that are designed for like big game hunting or something or like anti-aircraft. Like it's like, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a, it's a novelty item, this, this firearm that they found. And then um, in my case kind of built one, especially for me that had like, you know, old West embellishments, a little bit of, you know, wood handle and all that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they hooked me up with this guy. His name is Joey Dillon. He is one of like two guys who does, old west style trickery um for film now mm-hmm. there are you know used to i'm sure it was a cottage industry back in the days right. of uh of of bud bedecker and 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 through you know peck and paw and all the greats but um uh there are not many people out there who teach this and so this guy taught me all these tricks for you know a couple of months i was working with him and i had to get a special permit and and i became really adept at like fiddling with this this gun and i'm like a you know lefty like new york jew you (laughs) know who i love i love westerns man and 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 they're my lifeblood but like i don't (laughs) fuck with guns you know (laughs) what i mean like i don't fuck like you know like it's like like, i'm not like a like a hey i'm a gun guy you know what i mean so i i I, I went through this little process. I became really like a, a you know, a, a good at it. And we shot that scene and we must've rolled for the better part of like two hours on me doing gun tricks for that little sequence until at one point I screwed up and almost dropped the gun. And Ryan was like, that's it. That's the one I use. And I'm <laughs> like, you just, you wait a minute. You just sent me to like, old west school for two months so that i could screw up on the you know it was it was, uh, uh, it was definitely like you know one of those um uh, uh moments where for a split second i didn't i didn't see the vision and right. then the vision became very apparent <laughs> that, that it was like it was art imitating life you know right. what i mean it was like that was literally that was the, that was the point um, and then the, uh, the, the headbang, you know, uh, you know, much like that, that, that bogey slap in brick, I think yeah. that there's a certain, um, something that Ryan is very good at, uh, is, is finding the sort of humanity and the, and the humor in the humanity of a pratfall. Mm-hmm. And, I think in, in a scene like that, that was kind of like a heavy scene and you're sort of, you know, you're going to go visit the big boss and you're meeting the villains and you're, you know, and, 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 and it is a, you know, Looper is not a movie, you know, of all the things people say about Looper, they don't talk about how funny it is very often. Um, It's (laughs) it's not a movie that has like a ton of comedy in it. I think to sort of, you know, it, it kind of took, it kind of took a little bit of the, let let off a little bit of, of steam. Right. And, you know, and that was just, you know, a couple hours being on set with a, with a big pad next to me and you know they'd go one two three and the door would open and i'd go uh and fall over yeah and that was that you know looper again in terms of working on a higher budget right especially for a ryan johnson movie and then having additional special effects right i'm thinking of the hover bikes and and the things that you'd have to do in that sense what was it like kind of you guys leveling up together not only as actors and directors and cinematographers but also having to work with bigger and bigger budgets that eventually then lead to, of course, Star Wars, etc. But what was it like for you having to then kind of work, let's say, with a hover bike or work kind of in this futuristic environment that maybe was not the same as working on a lower budget with less days of shooting for brick? Well, the first thing I'll do is I'll tell you the funny hover bike story. And, <laughs> uh, and then I'll, I'll answer the more macro 
question. So uh. the, the hover bike, you know, the hover bike was this beautiful thing that they, that they, that they built, um, that was, you, you, you sat on it. I mean, it was like the real deal. It was like a weight bearing, you know, 360 degree device. And the way that, uh, a lot of the stuff was, was filmed was that I would sit on the bike and then the bike would be, um, would be connected to a process trailer, which is basically just like a fancy name for a pickup truck, um, by a green of, of bar of steel or, you know, metal bar. And that bar was designed to kind of obviously to keep it connected to the, to the, to the truck. Um, but also to give it sort of like a natural sway, a natural sense of, of motion um, that I'm sure could have been accentuated and adjusted, you know, with special effects, but it was sort of like as much as they could do practically uh, before that point, right? Mm-hmm. And so the first time I get on the thing and it's connected, you know, by, I don't know, maybe it was 12 feet or 15 feet of bar to this truck being driven by our, 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 our stunt driver people. I get on this thing and, and Rom, the producer who is he's a, he's a big brother. He's a big brother right. to, to everybody. And, and, you know, and he's, um, as, as, as we say, he's Mishbuka, he's family. And, you know, he comes up and he says, I want Noah strapped onto this thing eight different ways. <laughs> and, you know, I want to make sure, you know, he's, he's, as he should be, he's very concerned about, about safety and, you know, you strap him on and you put him on and you, you know, you know, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want him to be able to, he's connected to this thing, right? This is 100% in the best way. And everybody's like, yes, we could do that. Absolutely. 100%. And mom goes, okay, okay. And he's like, you know, anxious and nervous about that. And he, you know, goes off to go do something else. And one of the uh, 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 stunt folks goes, listen, would you rather fall off this thing or would you rather get dragged along for a while? (laughs) And I'm like, I kind of think I'd rather fall off. And he goes, yeah, I think so too. And so, um, and so I ended up kind of just freewheeling this, this thing, which was probably the safest thing to do because, you know, if I had to, which luckily I never did and it never really went any speed, I think that could have caused any damage. And I had pads on and all that crap, but there was definitely this moment of sort of like, okay, what, how, how do we, how do we sort of attack this kind of, big crazy idea that we're doing you know right. what i mean it it was you know one of those moments to, to kind of get into the macro answer to your question where you sort of right. say wait a minute this is bigger like this is a bigger deal this isn't just about like a bunch of kids in a in an alleyway somewhere doing shtick like we've got <laughs> moving parts literally and right. we've got to we got to we got to make it work we got to we got to think about it we got to you know so so uh, uh, to that end, you know, obviously we had more time than we had on brick and we had, uh, uh, you know, more resources to do all that fun stuff, you know, at the same time you use them all. Right. So, you know, you, you don't leave anything on the table. So if somebody says, listen, you know, you've got 40 days to shoot this movie instead of 20, you use all 40 days. It still feels the same way. Um, and, and to that end, it really solidified what it felt like to be on a set with these guys who are my family, who are right. the people that I love and, and that it, and that being in new Orleans for, you know, three months with them didn't feel any different than being in San Clemente years earlier or being in Eastern Europe, you know, a few years after that, uh, right. you know, or, or, or any of the work that we did, it, it really solidified the feeling of, of being home. I wonder then, because the next movie that you and Ryan worked on together, of course, is Last Jedi. And we're talking about this feeling of home and this as it gets bigger and bigger. And of course, Pinewood Studio is one of the biggest sets in the entire world and walking into a different galaxy. What was that like? And especially seeing Ryan and Ram in that new environment and then kind of stepping in not only as their friend, but but seeing this kind of leveling up uh, across the board. I had I, I got to dip my toe in. Uh, I, I got lucky enough to dip my toe in because I went to visit. So starting with brick, we shot brick over, over Thanksgiving holiday. Mm-hmm. And for those of us who were working on either side of the, of the Thanksgiving holiday, they could literally, we only had time to get Thursday off uh-huh. when we were shooting brick. 
Um, we didn't get like a long weekend. We were like, we're, we're, we'll take off Thursday. So a bunch of us, most of us hung out in San Clemente and had like an orphan's Thanksgiving together. Right. And that was, that would be, that's going to be, is that going to be 17 years wow, this yeah. Thanksgiving? And I think that of those 17 years, we've all been together 13 or 14 of them. So, um, yeah, I mean, we don't, you know, it's, it's, uh, 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 it became a tra- big, big tradition for, for, for a lot of us. And yeah. so I got to, I, I went to, to visit, mm-hmm. um, Ryan and his wife, Karina in, and, and the rest of the team in London, the Thanksgiving before they shot, I think they started shooting in January. Mm-hmm. And so I went for that Thanksgiving. And so they were deep into prep and, and, and yet not shooting anything. So, you know, I got to enjoy some time with Ryan sort of talking about things like the script and, uh, and, and the, and the, the, the gadgets and the gizmos and the design and all that. And I got to tour, you know, whatever it was, 20 stages Mm -hmm. of stuff that they had there. You know, I got to have that sort of kind of, uh, uh, you know, I got to have an experience as a fan Long before I, I showed up on a working set, right. um, which was really, you know, which was a real, a real treat. And I, and I vividly remember, I vividly remember going onto the stage where they had the Falcon mm-hmm. and, and it was in, at that particular point, the entire Falcon, the interior of the Falcon had been assembled. Uh-huh. And so you could literally walk up, a, uh, walk up the gangplank. Is that what it is? A gangplank? A, a ramp. Yeah. I don't know what it is, um, but you walk <laughs> and, and, and you're, and you're like in, and you're in, in the Millennium Falcon and you're like, well, if I turn left here, oh yeah. Okay. There's the, there's, there's, there's where you, there's where we play chess. And if I turn here, there's right. where, you know, it, it all made sense. Right. Uh, and, and, uh, and at some point you come to the, the cockpit and, I asked, you know, can I sit? And I, and I sat, right. um, uh, in Han's seat and, um, I became very emotional and Leo, who is Ryan's, who's, who's a producer that, that works with Ram and, and, and Ryan and that they had met on, on Last Jedi and went, worked on Knives Out, works with them now exclusively. Leo, who I didn't know very well at the time, he's a British guy and he kind of came from that, that area. He, uh, he said, you know, I'm going to give you a few minutes. <laughs> and I said, okay. And I, and I sat there in the, uh, in the cockpit in, in, in Han's seat, um, being very careful not to really touch anything, right. um, <laughs> or breathe. <laughs> right. And I, and I, and I, and I had an emotional experience and he came back and he said, okay, you ready for the rest of the tour? And I said, uh, could I have a few more minutes? And he said, well, you've been here for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i get like my, you know, i guess my point with, with that one, with that story is just that like yeah i got to have the real fan experience right. before i got to have the this is what it's like to be on a set right. experience Incredible. and then when i came back to do my little bit uh i think it was in april um uh uh you know, it, it, it very much felt like a Ryan Johnson set. It very much felt, you know, he, he was there and he was, you know, playing music from a Bluetooth speaker in between takes like he likes to do to kind of get people into the mood and takes requests. And he was, you know, being as, as gentle and, and, and kind and generous as he always is. And, you know, the only difference was that I looked in the mirror and I was like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm dressed as an X-Wing pilot. I'm, you know, there was like, so there was like, there was definitely like a little bit of like, wait, if I stop to think about this, it's like kind of insane. But if mm-hmm. I don't stop to think about it, it just feels like the other like half dozen times I've been on a set with the same people. Right. And I'd love to kind of take a step back because, of course, you know, you, you go through Brick and Brothers Bloom and Looper and even like Ozymandias and, you know, having parts in all of the Ryan Johnson productions. What when did it really become apparent to you or when did y'all kind of discuss like, OK, like here is a part that I've kind of carved out for you to come on and experience it, like you're saying, as an actor and as a set and work together in that capacity? Well, I don't I don't think that either of us take that for granted mm-hmm. uh, to to the extent that we have those conversations. I mean, I you know, I I I uh, you know, I I I, I, I want to believe that he enjoys having me around. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I really want to believe that that's like oh, that he likes 
he likes me being there and, yeah. uh, and that I do a good job and that's right. why I keep showing up that it's not like some weird, you know, like I don't think he's made some Faustian bargain or something <laughs> right. that involves right. having have. to put me in right. all of his movies. Sure. Um, I don't have any dirt on him. Uh, oh, that was my next question, but good to know. Yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Like, so, uh, you know, I, I, I just think he likes to work with his family and his friends and he likes his friends to be his family and that you know in in my experience having done you know movies and 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 productions with people who aren't ryan and aren't on this team that always works better it always works better when you're surrounded with the people that you love and and i think um you know that's his goal and every single time a new person comes in, I mean, especially, you know, on a movie like Knives Out, where the cast is huge and they are from everywhere and they are many different types of people of different ages and backgrounds. And, you know, I, I think it really just feels like you're meeting like some second cousin or some great aunt or some person who you maybe didn't know before this experience. Um, and I think and I think that 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 Ryan's continued support of the same cast and crew or many of the same cast and many of the same crew, I think it's a very useful tool to get that sentiment, to get everybody on board feeling together. And it comes across obviously on the screen as well. Every single movie, no matter the scope feels like a Ryan Johnson movie for that reason. I'd, I'd love to, to dial in on, on Stomorani Stark. We, we've been dancing, but Stomorani Stark, the, the character that you are in The Last <laughs> Jedi, we touched on wearing the costume for the first time and, and kind of, but how, like fleshing out the character or even just thinking about like, I'm in Star Wars, what world did you create for yourself? And I mean, there's still Wikipedia pages for for these characters are huge. And I feel like Stomorani has a full history that we can flesh out on a Disney Plus TV show or the next trilogy, I think that's pretty possible. Um, but what was that process for you? And then what was it like kind of jumping into that world? Uh, well, I mean, a, a lot of it I owe to uh, our, our great friend and collaborator, Pablo Hidalgo, who uh, I became friendly with during the, the Star Wars process and, and Ryan became friendly with. And uh, and he's just a, a lovely guy. He and his wife, uh, Kristen. And and, um, and he, was, he was the guy who I think came up with Domaroni uh-huh. as the first name, and and it and it came from this. I think what did I? I think I, I think I made a joke that that I was that I that I was like pose like fuck up uh-huh. like brother uh-huh. or cousin, right? That I was like the I'm like I'm like not like I don't have the skills. I never did, you know. I'm 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 the you know I'm I'm. Uh, um, I'm I'm the I'm the, the the second or third or fourth banana uh, in that family yeah. or that group. You know what I mean? And there's like and and uh, and I said, you know, all I really want to do is is open up a pizza parlor when this <laughs> war is over uh, with my cousin uh, Poe, and we'll call it Stowen. We'll call it Stowen Poe's Pizza Palace, and we will. <laughs> Uh, just, you know, we'll just relax and we'll just, mm. you know, make nice, some nice, you know, to go ethnic food for people and, and, mm. uh, uh, you know, keep it, keep it light, keep it, you sure. know, friendly. We've seen enough, enough war. We've uh-huh. seen enough stri- strife in the, in the universe. Mm. Um, and so I think, I think somehow that, I think the idea was that it was like, my name, my name would be Stowe because 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 my 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 brother's name is Poe kind of thing like it was like I was uh-huh. like just left of anything that made sense you know what I mean it was like <laughs> the, it was like you know the the bad the bad version I'm like I'm like the first draft and he's the final draft you know what I mean uh-huh. um, yeah. and uh, and so that I think became Stone I don't know how it became Stone Maroney <laughs> right. um, uh, but Stark is Ryan's comes from Ryan's uncle. Uh, oh, wow. whose name is Stark. He has an uncle named Stark spelled the same way. Wow. And it is like, and as you can imagine, he's like a really cool guy because you can't be named like Stark. Yeah. I was saying, that's the most badass name of all time. Yeah. yeah right. Like a, like a normal person whose name is Stark. <laughs> and it's like, well, he's like, yeah. So, um, and funny enough, um, I, and I could probably email it to you guys. Um, uh, Stark's wife had a Stark poster in the style of the movie posters that were done as like the character posters. I think around the time of Solo, they did a bunch of character mm-hmm. posters, and she had one mocked up that says Stark, 
and has like a picture <laughs> of me on it. And I'll send you guys like a, I'll, I'll think it's on my, my, my garage wall and I'll, I'll take a picture and Please send do. it to you. She sent me one. Um, but you know, I think, yeah, that the idea, I think if we did any kind of like character work, it was just this idea that this guy, you know, kind of like, didn't want to be there and kind of might not be the best pilot and might not be the biggest yeah. hero and really right. just like wants to like do dad shit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> right. And, uh, and so, you know, I, we, we, and listen, I would love to uh, expand on that because <laughs> I feel like you've got all these characters who are, you know, these great, uh, these great heroes and, and they're very, um, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 you know the hallmarks of of of, of great Star Wars characters are are are, are their heroism and, and courage and and uh, steadfastness and I I like the idea of like what happens to the guy who's like wait the the war is over like I guess I'll just go I guess I'll just go start my pizza parlor <laughs> right well I mean because technically probably Stomeroni probably died maybe we don't know who you know, i haven't so who's have you seen say, a body i never saw i've a not body. seen a body i didn't see like a big you know so who knows and so i really do think that if if especially you know ryan's new movies potentially could be covering this i really don't know and i don't i think speculating would be what's the word unprofessional for uh, at least me to say but i think that's a definite path to take at least the pizza part of it all you know, maybe he's got a you know, I've I've already played one character with a limp for him. Maybe, you know, he came out of it with uh with a yeah. little limp, you know, or something. No, that's I don't that's know. a good idea. I like that. Um but yeah, and then plus the the romance with Tally, I think, just with, with a glance, I think said so much. And I think that goes with your acting. And who knows? I think that's another possibility as well. I wanna believe that Tally and Stark both made it mm-hmm. out. And while they obviously uh, were not unscathed, they survived and uh, were both able to, whether together, apart, as friends, mm-hmm. as something more, uh, find a, a future mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and thrive. Yeah. That's, that's what I want to believe. And I'm prepared, I'm prepared to invest in it. <laughs> right, yeah. How much money do we give to Disney Plus to be like, hey, like, this is what the fans demand um, the continuation of, of this story, right? It's the end of the Skywalker saga, but the beginning of the of the Stark. So I think that, I think that's a great idea. I'll talk to my people, but yeah, if you wanted to to kind of push that around as well, I think we could make something happen. I'll uh, I'm gonna get on with uh, you know I have my my daily uh, my daily conference call with Kathy, sure. um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let her know that <laughs> uh, that we're working on this. Yeah, no, that's great. Because um, I mean, I yeah, yeah <laughs> the pitch process will probably take a couple years, but and then by then they'll be making new ones. So I think we could fast track it. I think we could fast track it. No, I think this is. I, I'm, I'm pumped. I think Ryan, Ryan isn't busy. Ryan has nothing else going on. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he really is. I don't think yeah, yeah, nothing nothing major going on in his world and. Even if you want to put like maybe just a, a name only producing credit for him, you know, like that's a, an easy way to get it out the door as well. So yeah, okay, yeah, this is all this is all happening. This is good. Uh, okay, well, I, I'd I'd love to talk briefly. Knives Out then is I, I was because uh, we watched that again last night, and every single one of your lines as Trooper Wagner makes me laugh. Uh, and it, it's like you're batting 100 in that movie and it's really it's so nice to see you shine in it and like just have the moment to like play against all these incredible other actors. Uh, what was it like then returning kind of in a more full environment on a Ryan Johnson, Ron Bergman film with that family and, and kind of creating this movie that really took <laughs> took the nation by storm of just like, this is a good movie. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, well, thank you. I mean, I, I uh, um, you know, it, it was the exact same experience that we had on Brick, mm-hmm. um, just with uh, a whole bunch of new people mm-hmm. in a new place, uh, telling a new story, you know, I mean, the sentiment, I mean, was there that thing that I talk about, about feeling like you're home, and you're comfortable. Um, and, you know, obviously, it's, it, it, it you know, it's, it, it's shocking to show up for work and be surrounded by like, the best, Mm-hmm. most favorite actors ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, part of my job is to also sort of like, okay, you know, compartmentalize sure. that and, 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 and be able to also work while being a big fan of somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, again, everybody, you know, the, 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 the kind of vibe that's created by Ryan uh, on his sets is the kind of vibe where you're like, I think it was like we were two days into, into shooting 
and um and you know usually they have these you know we're shooting in this in this you know, shall out this movie in this big old house mm. and um uh and you know of course there's like you know the place where you get dressed the trailers and the makeup area and the snack area that's all kind of away mm. that's like you know a 5 minute walk or something away and uh and at one point um Jamie Lee Curtis just said can you guys just like set us up with like some chairs to hang out on set in between setups and takes. And like, we don't have to go back to, and she was speaking for all of us. Right. Which is like, you know, and then we quickly learned that she would just be speaking for all of us <laughs> often. And that was the best. And that was the best way for anything to get done. Sure. That was the most efficient, most gracious way to do anything was to just allow her to uh, take care of everybody. Right. And she, uh, you know, she said, Hey, listen, like, let's all hang out in the, there, is there a basement? Yeah, there's a basement. There's a basement rumpus room. Great. <laughs> and so in between takes, you know, nobody on a lot of movies, people like go back to their trailers sure. and I don't know, do God knows what, and I study their lines probably, but you know, also who knows. And, um, and on this set, you know, we would go down into this rumpus room and we'd sit in a circle, you know, eight or nine or 10 of us, whoever was working that day. And we would, run our lines and play parlor games and eat snacks and talk shit. And, um, you know, nobody wanted to leave the set. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted to get away. Everybody wanted to be there. Um, and you know, it's very, very easy to get to know people in an environment like that very quickly. So after, you know, after 40 days of doing it, you're like, I I love these people and I know them and they're my friends and I'm and I'm in touch. Mm-hmm. Um and so uh uh you know that 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 is something that was very much a part of the brick experience and in the same respect was part of the the knives out experience. Uh and it was wonderful. Um you know and 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 you know the the thing that was a little bit different I think was you know Ryan is he directs to protect a script, um, which I think is is my favorite kind of of, of filmmaking. You know, he writes scripts that are, um, you know, if it ain't on the page, it ain't on the stage, right. kind of thing. And uh, and I've always appreciated that because it's like you know evangelical filmmaking. <laughs> it's like if there's a question, if there's an issue, we can all go back to the script and we can sort of answer it from the script. Mm-hmm. And on and on Knives Out, there were a lot of moments. And I think it had to do with his confidence as a filmmaker. I think it had to do with the confidence of his of his cast, having an amazing cast, um, the tone of the movie itself. But there were a lot of moments where, you know, we would we would open the script on the set uh-huh. and say, "Does this work a little bit better? Should we make an adjustment here? Is this easier? Is this funnier? Is this more sensical?" and and we did that a lot more on, you know, that happens to some degree on every movie, but we did that a lot more uh-huh. uh, on Knives Out than we did on any of the other films. Um, sort of uh, 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 being able to, 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 you know, it was it was never off script, mm-hmm. but the script was much more sort of like an open book. And I think that might have just been because the script was so, there's so much dialogue and there's so much happening. Right. And, you know, it's a mystery. There's so many moving parts. You kind of always have to kind of have your eye on the script and, and be asking those tough questions like all day long, every day. And I mean, the, the Ryan Johnson scripts are like, he puts them up as PDFs afterwards. And I remember just scouring through them, especially for, for brick and for brothers bloom. Cause it's like a film school in itself with how they're tight and written. And, um, but I, I love hearing that it kind of takes its way all the way to the, to the set as well. You especially, I, capped off this this week of Noah Segan uh, Film Festival by actually watching for the first time Scare Package, which has your kind of directorial debut as one of the segments. And I'd love to talk a little bit about what you've learned throughout all this process of the sets and how that you, you know, turn that experience into directing your first film and, and, and go from there. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for, for watching Scare Package. I, I really appreciate it. I hope uh, I hope you uh, enjoyed it or at least laughed a little bit. Yeah, man. I mean, I you know, I, 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 I very much tried to steal everything I could from Ryan uh, in terms of uh, uh, putting putting it together. Um, you know, I, I, I hired uh, a lot of people that I knew who happened to be mm-hmm. uh, folks from the comedy community 
um, because I thought that, you know, you know, it's not, not, it's not a big secret, but like comedy <laughs> right. people are also really into oh, like fucked up yes, stuff. Yes, we're allowed can to I swear, that? Yes. Just, uh, Can I say, am I, can I swear? F, F, okay, all right, all right, yeah, you know, like comedy people are like really into like murder shit and like horror movies and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and so, um, and I'm, and I'm married to a comedy writer mm-hmm. and, um, uh, she came up through UCB upright citizens brigade, uh, theater, which is like a comedy and improv sketch theater. And, uh, everybody who she came up with is, is a working and, and, and successful, mm-hmm. uh, uh, comedy person. I was able to sort of call from that. Uh, and a lot of those people are people like us in their thirties with kids. We see them, we have barbecues, we, you know, play dates and all that. So again, you know, sort of trying to maintain that sense of friendship and rapport and kind of coming into something with a, right. with a, with a bit of a, uh, shorthand to begin with. Um, and then, you know, the, you know, in a very real way, uh, you know, I remember showing a very early cut of it to Ryan and having him give me some editorial guidance, which I won't bore you with the specifics of the editorial guidance, but it reminded me that Ryan is an editor. Uh, he edited Brick in his bedroom and he had edited a movie for a close friend of his before that called May that he was an editor on um, and, and is a, a very accomplished editor. And he very much was like, let's take a step back. Let's look at it from this other perspective and let's ask ourselves if you can accomplish what you've set out to accomplish this other way. Um, and it was, it, 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 it was a huge note that I took a hundred percent of, um, you know, so, I mean, simply being able to have a, a, a guide who is a friend who is trusted, who is accomplished was, was very valuable. Um, but really it was just about, you know, always trying to maintain, you know, kind of what I said, having, having a script that you really believe in, that you really like, um, that you're not, that you're not second guessing or, or, or that you feel like there's something better than the script and you don't know where it is or how to find it and find it in the script, uh, on the written page and, and, and really trying to cast people who you know and like and love and, and trust. Um, and, and that, that was it. That's, that's, you know, that's like 99% yeah. of it, I think. Other, you know, no, that's great. And I don't want to spoil it, obviously, but there are a, a ton of practical effects as, as the short progresses. And uh, you worked with Tate Steinsek, who, you know, has been a big mainstay in, in the horror community for a long time. And, and even just your, your filmography has so many horror, like Starry Eyes and Tales of Halloween and Dead Girl and the upcoming Pale Door. And so like this kind of blend of all these things that you've learned, I'd be curious, especially working, let's say, with prosthetics and practical effects and, and blood and gore. How does that impact your shooting? How does that impact your acting? And then how did that kind of impact the whole process for you? Well, I think that, you know, I've, I've been I've been doing horror movies as long as I've been doing movies you know after i think after brick i did uh, i did dead girl which was you know uh, uh, at the time sort of a i don't know what you would call it sensational sort of infamous kind of movie because it it really touches on a lot of what we're talking about now about toxic masculinity and 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 uh, male privilege and um you know i'm 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 very uh proud to have been been talking about that stuff uh been in a movie that talks about that stuff i didn't write the movie um but um um, you know i i after dead girl it sort of took off that i would i would i would i would have these opportunities to do more and more horror movies and i've always loved horror movies i've loved horror movies for for two reasons Mm -hmm. number one because they're genre and i love genre and i think that if it was 60 years ago and people were still making westerns i would be probably drawn to that as i am horror movies simply because there are rules and when you have rules you can break them you know what i mean you can subvert them and i think that that's such a fun useful valuable way to engage with people sort right. of with a, with a shorthand, with a language. And because horror movies rarely have real endings. I like this idea that the story can keep going. You know, when I was a little kid, part of the reason why I loved franchise horror movies was because there were so many of them. You could, you know, it's like, I, it was like you could watch the adventures of, you know, in my mind, it was like superhero movies. It was like you could watch the adventures of Jason for like right. eight movies straight. You know what I mean? Um, which, 
might be a little bit of a weird <laughs> like, uh, perspective right. to compare them to, but that that's something that's sort of how I how I feel uh, about about that that genre. And to that end, I think that the sort of like Venn diagram of of Ryan's work and 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 horror and 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 my work outside of of, of his movies is couched in genre. You know, these are all it's all about kind of there being no substitute for the script, the rules, the the hard work, the foundation that you lay in order to subvert that, in order to play with that more, in order to, you know, fuck it up, in order to really stand by it and make it perfect. And, you know, whatever, however you, you, you need to attack it. Um, because I think that, you know, something that, that Ryan has always done is stayed very true to his genres. And um, and he enjoys, you know, so I think that in, in, in a lot of ways, you know, he's as much of a genre filmmaker as any of the horror movies and horror filmmakers I've worked with. Yeah, now now I just want to watch a Ryan Johnson horror movie straight up. So uh, <laughs> that, maybe Knives Out 2 can just be straight up slasher. That'll be great. He's like, it's. I mean, he. it's funny, like, you know, you talk about like Tate and, 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 and all the, you know, practical effects and stuff. And that's, you know, that, that I, I don't pretend to know anything other than that, like, Tate is probably the best person in the world at that job. <laughs> right. And, and, and that I was like, just whatever, what can I do to help you because right. you're the best right. kind of thing. And, you know, I've listened, man, I've had my head chopped off a couple times and my arm chopped off and all that, you know, and, and, and I, I, I will say that, that I, it's not my favorite part of making horror movies, but it's the, it's a part that I sort of accept as, as, as being often a necessity, but I don't think Ryan likes it at all. Ryan is not like a scary movie guy. Really? And I say this and then like two years from now, he'll make like the best horror movie ever made. Right. But like, I feel like every time I'm like, Hey man, you want to watch this movie where like, you know, I get decapitated midway through and he'll be like, no, I don't <laughs> want to watch you get decapitated. Right. <laughs> Maybe no Ryan Johnson horror movie upcoming, but I, again, like the, the genre threads of everything. And of course with knives out two coming out with, his new Star Wars movies coming out and with you, Trooper Wagner, hopefully making another appearance or just, you know, honestly, if it can be a whole spinoff TV show of just Trooper Wagner, I think that could be a solution as well. But again, I'll leave those pitches to the experts. Well, I've been I've been trying to pitch the spinoff uh, of uh, Trooper Wagner and Lieutenant Elliot yeah. played, played by Lakeith Stanfield. Right. And I, I want it to be about the two of us. Uh, you know, the sort of, you know, in, in kind of like a, I don't know, like a, like a Martin and Lewis type sort of situation. And we're called, uh, the, the title is called OK Cop. <laughs> and, and, and the tagline is, they're fine. <laughs> okay. I'm sold. I'm excited to, to watch it. Uh, I assume that's already in production or, or what's the status there? Uh, you know, we're just, we're, fielding offers i mean right, yes. it is like you know it's like every day mm -hmm. you know somebody rolls up and pushes another zero mm. into my mailbox and i'm like oh my god you know right. this just feels like how am i gonna and i'm just thinking how am i gonna redistribute all this well right i mean really and then you'll have your own ability to, to trickle that down i think that'll be really good overall just for the economy so um okay this is really i what i'm talking what i'm saying is is that is that any of these spinoffs <laughs> is the is is probably the the, the stimulus that <laughs> right. we need to get back on track <laughs> and you know listen guys I can just do them all with like the, you know, forward facing camera on my iPhone. Right. I don't need other actors. I don't I could do this all my, I do it all myself, sure. very safe in my garage. Right. Um, you know, the production quality is going to be phenomenal. Sure. And, um, you know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have Lakeith Skype in. Sure. We'll have, you know, uh, it'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah. You guys won't even know the difference. No, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe like one minute episodes on Quibi or something like that could be a solution as well. I, I think this is really, uh, really solid. This is really good. I appreciate this workshop and you know what? I'm going to cut you in. Thank you. Yeah. No, uh, any, anything in terms of my stimulus would be very appreciated as well. That'd be great. I hope, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, you are ready for this Brinks truck to back up. Sure. Because, uh, it is going to be filled with 
<laughs> Who knows? No, this is great. Who knows what they'll fill it with? Yeah. No, no I can't wait. I can't wait. And uh, but really, in all seriousness, and as evidenced by me just kind of uh, blathering for the past hour, uh, I'm so appreciative of you coming on and talking about your incredible work. And I'm excited to see what's next, uh, whether a Ryan Johnson movie or a, a Noah Segan movie. So thank you well, so hopefully much. Hopefully both. I really hope that they are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I, I. Um, you know, I'm 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 so excited uh, for you guys to see what uh, he and I uh, have coming down the pipeline, and for everybody to to you know stay extremely healthy and extremely safe, so that we can do it all together. Yeah, but until then, we'll just have the Trooper Wagner vertical video iPhone movie coming out. What uh, end of December, or what are we aiming for? Holiday weekend? End of the day, baby. Okay. <laughs> end of the day. Great. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait can't wait uh yeah <laughs> well mr segan thank you for coming on thank you for the incredible conversation and uh yeah stay safe oh please uh uh you stay safe and and, and well and uh thank you for for uh taking the time to hear my uh my silly stories and i i really uh i really appreciate uh your your interest in um i i i guess i i guess it's a career um, <laughs> whatever it is that i do but i i appreciate you guys being interested and in, and in, in letting me uh wax on for a while thank you Again, to Mr. Segan for his time and quote silly stories, as well as to friend of the show Phil Nobile Jr. for connecting us. We're giving away a ton of my personal rare signed stuff online, so head to our Twitter and Instagram accounts to see how you can win by just leaving a five star review this month for the show. Also, check out our new ranking over at Feedspot.com, where we've just been listed as one of the top 25 podcasts in 2020. Thank you, Feedspot. Next week, we're talking to Kai Adimudi himself, Silas Carson. So until next Wednesday, stay tuned, leave that five-star review, and may the Force be with you.